0: episode of the broker bros podcast season three episode two I, I guess we uh it's been a little bit since we've been in the recording office i got i got my boy eric mueller over here with us today hi hi eric how I'm, are you i'm happy to be here again. he's happy for the call up again
1: yeah one more call up <laughs> you know we'll see if i'm full time here it's a good it's a it's a sad day
0: I think you are going to be full time here. It's it's uh, it is a sad day. Um, we have uh, our producer and and fellow co host as well, Andrew Yates. Um, Reggie Dunlop <laughs> is actually leaving LDI the company. We wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors and. Uh, yeah, so that means that we're gonna we're gonna have Eric here for full time, man. You got the full call out from AHL. I'm gonna now.
1: stare him right in the eyes this entire podcast <laughs> and eye him
0: down. No, I'm kidding. He's coming for <laughs> his job.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it, but yeah, no. Again, special special thanks and shout out to Drew. He got this uh, this whole thing kind of started with me here off the ground again. Once we uh, we had a podcast first, uh, probably a couple of years ago. We had a, a little hiatus there, and then. You know, I was kind of spinning my wheels trying to get it going. And, and the and dream dream team started. Dream team started. Drew came on board. He, he <laughs> said, let's do it. Let's get the podcast going. And and uh, like I said, nothing but uh, the best of luck. Who's to, Magic? To
1: who's Larry? Who's Michael? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. well, now we got all three of them on the same team.
0: <laughs> Larry, Michael, and, uh, <laughs> and Magic all on the same team. That would be unstoppable, one would say. Uh, but yeah, so we're back we're back for another episode here and uh, we're gonna get right into it, man. Uh, we're, we got some some big things happening in Buffalo Sports lately. A lot of big things happening. Here. I guess we'll we'll start off with the one that's freshest in our minds right now and even at the time of this podcast coming out, we'll still be. Jack Eichel has been, has been released, well, not released, has been traded, released from the from the Savers grips. He's been traded off to the Vegas First Golden thing I Nights. saw
1: when I woke up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wake
1: up, Eichel's traded. Oh, <laughs> hey. I've been well, saying you, it for months now. I'll say, you've been, you've been
0: telling me for weeks and weeks and weeks, hey, it's, I, coming. it's I, coming. I did
1: tell you yesterday, I guaranteed he was traded by Friday. Yeah, you did. I did. You, so, you stopped so, short of saying today. I <laughs> stopped short of saying yesterday, but, but I did say it by Friday, give myself a little leeway, you know some more stuff for brokers you know you never want to give them a firm date you want to give keep things open-ended
0: under promise over deliver my friend (laughs) right there that's how we live
1: Uh, but yeah
0: so so Michael's gone how do you feel about it Mr. Mueller big hockey guy over there so what do you what are you thinking I mean this is where
1: you know it it's a it's an okay return yeah I'll never be okay with ever trading the best player in a deal And he is now. There's there's extenuating circumstances with him and his neck and all this other garbage and outside noise, (laughs) outside noise. You know whatever. Um, I, I like Peyton Krebs from what I've seen. You know Alex Tuxa. I don't consider Syracuse a local. He's, it's central. I, I know, knew I, you were going to say I that. I know plenty of people from Syracuse that hate Buffalo, so I'm not considering him a uh, local boy. He's just said, I grew up playing against the Syracuse Stars and stuff like that. They, they hated our guts. They hated coming So either here. it's
0: that or it's your Brockport days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> touche, the Brockport days. Uh,
1: but, like, I'm, you know, Alex Tuck, I, I like Alex Tuck, you know, he's a good he's a po- boy, he's huh? a he's power forward, I think he's 6'3", 6'4", yeah, you know, he he can skate, he's, you know, he's a train, when he gets moving with a puck, it's hard to knock him off, and, you know, he gets going top speed, you don't, you you want to stay out of his
0: way. Is he a um, top line winger for us, you think? Well, for us right now, yeah.
1: I, I look at, uh I don't look at first line, second line, third line, you know, I look at, when I, just coach we're getting, as a coached, coach, up. We're getting just, coached up right now folks as, as a coach myself i look for evening out three scoring lines and then your fourth line if you can get 10 to 20 points out of those guys throughout the year fantastic mm-hmm. so if you want to go top 6 bottom 6 he's a sure. top 6 forward yeah he he should you know he he he's got stats he's he had 55 points in 70 games a couple of years ago like Not he's bad. he's a good player yeah. Um and he's young. Yeah, he, he's very young and he's on a very team friendly deal four years for four point seven mil. The next four, I did four, see that. That's which really is very, nice.
0: Under five, is very beautiful. very good for a yeah. top six forward. Yeah, hundred um, percent. What What are your thoughts on Krebs' potential? Right, I know he hasn't played that much. He's what got like maybe fifteen games in the NHL or I think something like got, that. He's got.
1: He played like five last year or six last year. Had an assist. He's having a tough start to this year. Yeah. Um, as Kevin Adams said, he's going to Rochester first. So oh, I didn't gonna, even hear that. Yeah, okay. and this press conference said he's going straight to Rochester, so he's going to play I mean, he probably won't, but you know, Quinn Paterka, and uh Krebs on your top line down there. That's pretty, you know, I might go down to Rochester and watch I'm a couple say, games, dude. The rest of the AHL like, is on notice. Yeah, like, yeah, for the <laughs> rest of the AHL. Yeah. <laughs> as, as he winks. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Krebs is um I can see him being a top you know, a top-scoring line center, or maybe, you know, I, I mean, you, you you look right now, the Sabre center depth, you know, down the middle right now, we're going to have Cousins, Krebs, Stat, you know, right now. Right. Those, those are three scoring centers that I can live with on a good team, and I think they could be a successful good team. Yeah. Um, you know, Krebs is going to let him marinate in the AHL, let him get his confidence up, let him score a, a ton, um, and, and, you know. We'll we'll see what happens. I I like I like what I've seen out of him, you know, and the the little bit that I've seen in the World Juniors and the little bit that he played for, you know, Vegas. Yeah. Uh but you know it. it as I said before, you know, you're trading a, a potential top five center in the league for, well, pieces that you know hope to get you there. Um, the my biggest gripe with the trade is the lottery protection on the first round.
0: Yeah, so if Vegas stumbles and, and is terrible this year, right cuz it's not it's, it's going into it's next year. It's top year's 10 draft, protected. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it'll it'll roll over to the next year and the reason like I kind of want that this year and you know, it's not hard to point it out point it out is they're not off to a good start. They're they not They to guys hurt. They got Stones, Stone's, out, Stone's out, out, Stones out, Patcheretti's out, William Carlson's out. Yep. Uh, there <laughs> are three
0: arguably the three best players three best right there. players
1: and now their fourth best player is out till March mm-hmm. or you know I wouldn't say fourth best but another one of their really good players and Jack Eichel is out till March so I can see that pick being a high pick I don't necessarily see that being a high pick next year right cuz those guys are all going to get back and Jack Eichel's you know a point game player in the NHL oh, 100% which is
0: yeah I mean I think what's important to note here is that you know I may correct me if I'm wrong here but It's a little bit better than the O'Reilly trade. It
1: is. It is. It's not for a bunch of misplaced toys. People that don't want to be here, like Patrick Berglund and Vladimir Saboka, and then their fourth best prospect. Well, that was always crazy
0: to me. Was like, and I think you know, uh, Paul Hamilton on our uh, local affiliate here, he always says that it's like you know when we were. Trying to trade with St. Louis, like, oh, we're going to need your first best prospect. Yeah. Oh, what's that you want? Oh, okay. I guess we'll take your second. I guess oh, I guess we'll take your third. Yeah. Oh, I guess we'll take Tage Thompson, right? So. That deal should have been for Robert Thomas, who, you know, he's not,
1: like, great, right, but, but it, he's better than Tage, in my opinion. But Tage is. I've liked Tage this year. Yeah, he's he been has solid. been good. I think he's been solid in the middle. Um, You know, there's still times where he just tries to do a little too much, but, you know, he he's working out this year. I mean, he's. Arguably, our second line center. Yeah. You could argue first line center with point when healthy. It's Olsson, him, and Asplund. Yeah. And that line's very wow. good, Eric. That '70s yourself.
0: line. There's no top. There's no top line.
1: There's come no. On. There's no top line. It's, but you <laughs> can expect 70s line. <laughs> that '70s line. They're all. They're all I in the '70s. Like <laughs> they're not the
0: top line. They're just that '70s line. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, it's it's come to a close, Jack Eichel's, uh era, I guess you could say here yeah, in Stop in talking Buffalo. about it now. I'm gonna ask you one more one more question. What what uh, what do you take? What's your lasting takeaway from the Jack Eichel era? Either about Jack Eichel the player or about Buffalo Sabres the organization. My final take is
1: I'm still dumbfounded how you can <laughs> screw up that yeah you know, six years of one of the best players in the league and you don't even sniff the playoffs. The, yeah. the mismanagement of the Sabres organization is just, it's mind-boggling. It is. And you know
0: me, right? And my my opinion and philosophy about this whole thing, especially the last, like, year, has been, you know, Jack, to me, doesn't seem like he is a true, you know, let's just say, like, Josh Allen, right? You can tell that guy, as people gravitate towards him, he's a leader, right? Not only a leader
1: by example, but a leader by, you know,
0: leading. Right. So here's what I would say is I don't think Jack's that type of personality. I don't think he's that type of guy. And... That's fine. The Sabres, as an organization, that's their job to figure that out and know their players. Somewhere along this last six to seven years, they should have understood that, maybe brought in a guy that could mesh well with Jack that is a true-born natural leader. Agreed. Get some more talent around you him. You know what I'm seeing similarities with what you're just saying? Stephon Diggs.
1: Yeah, exactly. I see a lot of similarities to Stefan Diggs where it's like, oh, well, he didn't want to be here, blah, 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 all this stuff, where he was more frustrated with – from my understanding, the organizational culture and the team culture—what yeah. they wanted to do—they yep. wanted to run the ball, and you know, he's like, "Hey, I'm a number one receiver. I want the ball." Yep. Jack, like, "I'm a number one center. I need to produce in the playoffs. I need to get to the playoffs. Right. And you need to get me there." Right. And his GMs failed him. Oh my God!
0: Exponentially. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like they just clung on to like, well, we have Reinhardt for you, and that's yeah. it. That's all yeah. I ever you did got for six Hart years. Held on to Ristolainen for how oh, many God. years? Yeah, that's another six, episode. Six
1: years. Held on to him. Finally we're get rid of have a celebration
0: episode for that one. Yeah. How great it is to not have Ristolainen. How fantastic
1: Robert Hag is compared to Ristolainen. <laughs> oh God, he's ten times the defenseman that guy is.
0: Yeah, we've watched a few games together, and it's you know every. I feel like every time we're like, if that was Risto, we'd be, we'd be stuck in, in our. Corner. We'd be stuck in our zone, still,
1: still in the corner, ripping shots around at best it's an icing <laughs> at best
0: it's Yo, an icing it's truly phenomenal or unbelievable just the difference that having that guy off your team just base. just before we close up on the sabers i gotta
1: give a shout out to my boy mark Pissick for another
0: fantastic yes. start to the season and mark we trust and mark we trust he is a great puck moving defenseman but um all right so we're going to just touch on it Quickly, before we get into our topic of the day here, which is going to be conditional carriers, look out for that one. Eric loves that one. Yep. Um, so day. the the Buffalo Bills, the other sports team here in Buffalo, has released their their stadium study, which um, I'm going to admit to you live on air here. I didn't read the entire thing. I skimmed through it. Um, yeah. But my main takeaway is that this team and this state really want to have another Open air stadium in Orchard Park. That's my takeaway. The,
1: the team and the state do, and the fans don't. <laughs> well, yeah. at least my opinion. Right, the fans. Right. Eric Mueller the, doesn't. I don't. <laughs> I want Josh Allen in a dome, and I want weather controlled for the next ten years of his career. I don't want him throwing through, you know, the winds of Orchard Park. Yeah. I, I don't want that. Hey, Russell but Wilson's
0: doing it okay in would,
1: Seattle. I did. I, I did. Um, I read a little bit of Tim Graham's report on the, on the stadium study. And basically the gist of Tim Graham when he was asking questions and stuff was, hey, we're gonna do what we think's best, screw off.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's been the whole like, attitude this and, whole entire process. Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and but is it really what is best for the city? Um, you know, they a lot of people are pushing for the, the downtown stadium economically and and Well you they know, made
0: sure to point that you know, out and dispute that.
1: I you know, I think you know that that's where it's tough. You know, you're kind of caught in the air cuz the the Buffalo Consent Convention Center needs an update. Yep. Like you can't you can't hold venues there. You can't do really do anything that is modern times related to the the Buffalo Convention Center. So that's where I understand the downtown stadium of that being like a convention center type thing as well that will also boost economically in the city. Mm-hmm. Um you know th- the thing is you, you got to these studies, all these people, you know, they, they have their own agenda. And a lot of the times the studies are, you know, you're going to fit narratives for what you th- think should be done, mm-hmm. I guess I'll say. Um, so that's what kind of – I don't – here's here, – so, you know, in in short terms, the people that they hired to do the stadium study is Jerry Jones' company. Yeah. I don't trust Jerry Jones. <laughs> d- 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 does, like what does he know about? I mean, I, I, you know, maybe this is does me. He going know off about NFL stadiums. What, what does he know about Buffalo? You right, know, yeah. I mean, te- Dallas is, well, you know, Dallas is Texas is football, football, football. Oh, yeah. Like that's Texas. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's pushing these PSLs, he's pushing all this stuff, and can the city of Buffalo really, you know, you have to you have to adapt to where you're at. Yeah. That that's what I'm I'm a little con, you know concerned about is that. They're going to overprice the market.
0: Yeah, and I would be concerned with that one. Just the, that PSL, I mean, that's uh, – unfortunately, that's just a way of, of life now with NFL stadiums, which what, sucks. What I don't – and and I totally understand that and get that, but
1: okay. If you want a PSL, is then build it yourself. Don't take <laughs> 70% of the Erie County money. Oh, yeah. you know, Don't, ah, don't that's, take that's 70% of is. my taxpayer money – and then say, I have to pay you an additional $1,000 for a right to sit yeah. in a stadium that I helped build and, and pay for that,
0: And then that money that they got from those PSLs, they're going to claim that as, like, that's that's privately funded. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the you know that That's, that's big like, business oh, wait, for you. That's the, that, You just threw that through the washing machine and yep. brought it out and gave it to me <laughs> soaking wet. Yeah. Here's your and, money back. And not only is
1: all that, but the new stadium costs, everything's going to go up and concessions are going to go up. Every price – Everything influxes up, Uh you know, however – I I might have said that wrong.
0: (laughs) I I, I think we all get what you're saying, and and I agree with that 100%. I I just think that at its core, right, I agree with you on all this. I would just say that, you know – it has to happen. It has to happen, It yeah. has to happen, and it sucks, and and, and I, I really do, I agree with everything you're just, saying. Yeah,
1: I know, I'm just preaching to the choir here, yeah. it just doesn't make, I don't know, I am one person where if something doesn't make sense, why are we doing it? Yeah, make it
0: make sense, right? Make it
1: make sense. Yeah. yeah. What, like, you know, it, it, it's just like, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, and I get it, you know, Taxpayer money—it's going to be used. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's if it doesn't go to the stadium, it's going to go to the next you know billionaire guy that wants something. Yep. You know, so I understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the the I there's just so many. You know, this gets into a more of like a, you know a sports versus community versus you know and, you know it's, it's a slippery slope with this debate. Like, you know, I mean Buffalo is one of the poorest cities, and you know, so it's like it's kind of tough. Like that. Okay, we're gonna spend you know 1.4 billion. Well, I think the Pueblos are putting up what 33 million for this or something that they said. Some, I, so, something. Something like I that. Remember. I think it was 35 mil or so, I don't even know. Okay. But like, still like you know,
0: that still that's it, it, it's kind field. of
1: it's a gross it's a gross conversation. Yeah. It, it it you know it does no matter what you know talking about public money going to a multi-trillion-dollar entity in the NFL it's like it's all about revenue sharing and getting more money for them and it's like and I get that you know that's the way that it works right but it's like you know is that really what's best for the community right now
0: yeah I mean you could equate that to kind of bring it back to freight like all these big you know like a digital freight brokerage or these big time brokerages that are trying to automate everything and make yep. everything efficient right it's the mm-hmm. new age It's the new way to do things yep. but you know some companies out here in America love the the old style, the mom and pop. You know what yeah. I mean. The the mom and pop brokers, the yeah. boutique brokerage, and it's the
1: people that people decide. People
0: like that stadium. Yeah. They like, you know what I mean. Hey, and I I like the Ralph.
1: Yeah. I Me personally, I don't see why we need. To, you know, I understand infrastructure, and, and you know, they want to they want you know, to open up. You know, the concourses a bit, and you know the the logistics of it are tough because the stadium is dug in. Yeah. So like you know, half the stadium is dug in, so you know you can't really you know. If anything, it is going to cost a lot of money oh, to redo that. Yeah, so no. I do understand that part of the study. I just don't understand, like, Lam- Lambeau renovated their stadium, you know, Soldier Arrowhead. Field, Arrowhead, like, you know, and I understand production costs and stuff go up, but, like, what was it? I think they did the, the equivalent, like, the pay- or the, the Steelers, um, Heinz Field. Yeah. I think it only cost in today's dollars, like $400 million. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is going to be 1.4 billion. I know it. I know it, man. I mean, you well, know,
1: it, it, it's 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 tough.
0: It's a stay tuned. Like we've said, anytime we've talked about this on the podcast, it's going to be a stay tuned thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. study's finally been released, right? It's we the public's been hounding these politicians for the study forever, and they basically put a big middle finger up to us. But well, it funny know,
1: that it's, it was released on election day. Yeah,
0: right, right, right. All yeah. funny stuff that we can get into more. <laughs> but this is a freight podcast, yeah, so we're gonna keep it freight. Um, so. To tie back here into our topic of the day and something that I know is uh, recently a few times has come up, right, in our day-to-days and... Um seen it's a lot been more up, of it now. It's been coming up a lot more even to me where I have agents reaching out saying, you know, how come I can't work with this carrier, right? And then I look into it and it's like, oh, conditional. And then they're, right. or the agent's like, what does that mean, right? Right. It's, it's amazing and shocking to me how many um, agents have, they have some loose idea, but they really don't understand what, right. you know, why can't they use them? Why can't we just approve them, re them? Why can't, blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to get into it with you because you have a ton of experience, even before LDI, right? And then mm-hmm. coming in here and being head of carrier development, you deal with it every day, right? So oh, day. <laughs> um, I kind of want to just get it for, straight from the source, man. So we'll start off with, um, you know, what is a conditional carrier, right? How 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 do you get as a, as a motor carrier? How do you get a conditional rating? So
1: conditional ratings come from the federal,
0: you know, motor carrier safety. Um, administration yep
1: so those get dropped down if carrier's doing something wrong so it could be that the guy was in possession of drugs or alcohol when he was pulled over and the dot stopped him it could have been that you know road spot, roadside checked him and he's got faulty equipment and brakes need to be fixed something like that that it's not good or he's repeated like hours of service or three of the main things yeah so they're continually violating
0: these things. So it's going to be an operational issue. Yes. Right? It's so something it's, it's something stemming concrete.
1: concrete. Yep. So that carrier is then put on a conditional status. So, you know, you, in every 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 brokerage is different, like with conditional carriers and certain things like that. How um, many,
0: would you say it's one offense that they go
1: conditional? Or how many offenses would I they think need it, to have I to I believe drop. it's got to be a, a, um, a numerous amount of severe offenses. Okay, okay. Right. Um, where it... They've constantly like one offense; it's not gonna trigger it. Yep. But say like the guy has faulty brakes; he gets stopped. Two months later, he gets stopped, and he never fixed the brakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's you know Why clear you negligence. Yeah, that's yeah. like clear negligence of operation. You're, mm-hmm. You you were told to do this, and then you didn't. Yep. So now you're facing the repercussions of, it. Mm-hmm. um, so and. The thing is, it, it's all. This is all derived from you know the Federal Motor Carrier uh, um, FMCSA. Yeah, we'll say so it's, FMCSA. We'll just say, now. say that you know. <laughs> so it's it's all derived. It's all derived derived from there. Yep. Excuse me. And and the carriers are given a chance to fix it. If they do not, then they're put in the conditional status. Um, so. so when everybody you're, who's
0: out. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. But yeah. everybody out there listening, agent wise, right? If you ask, like, why can't we just. Listen closely to what Eric just right. said, right? They were told something, they refused to do it, they ignored it, they right? got caught. Why do I want to get it? And then they were put like out.
1: That? Yes. You they're obviously not taking pride in their work or hey, there's certain scenarios where hey, maybe the carrier can't afford it at the time and I get that, you know. But the thing is they were given an adequate amount of time to fix something and they didn't do it. Yep. Um on top of that, here at Roar, we have, um, you know. Well, here at LDI. We're here at back, LDI. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Holy back, cow. Hey, that's, you're bringing I've, back
0: the past, baby. Geez. I love it. Well, you,
1: you got me talking about when I was back at, <laughs> back at my last company. Because, so we, at, at the last job, my last job, we did a little different um, with conditional carriers and, and whatnot. Like, where we recorded safety letters and stuff like that. Kind of what we do here. Um, the difference is here. With our insurance, and I, it might have changed. I haven't been there in a couple of years or whatnot. But, like, here we have, you know, these carriers then have safety scores yep. that are that are derived. Um, so if they have a certain amount of scores that are over our threshold, our, we cannot work with them, period. Because mm. that means that they were – so they, first of all, just to kind of circle back, carrier was given an option to fix something or whatever, they – then are checked. They did not do that, and then on top of that, they are you know their scores are too high for us to use. Mm-hmm. So our insurance, if we load that carrier, um, that carrier gets into an accident, will deny all coverage
0: mm-hmm. because.
1: So that ain't that, good. That's not good. No. So the, I literally just had the scenario happen today where an agent's like, "Hey, why can't I use this carrier?" I'm like, "They're conditional and above our threshold." He goes, "What does that mean?" And I explained that exact thing like word for word. That means that if something happens during this load, we will not get any insurance coverage at all. And we are completely, you know, left left in the woods, Mm -hmm. you know, just just out to dry. Yep. So so that's why it's very important. And a lot I I believe most most other brokerages, you know, kinda file that type of thing. It's all based on your insurance and certain requirements that you use and it's it's all internal and a lot of people have different operations but that's how we work here at LDI.
0: Right so to kind of follow up on that question um, we know exactly how or why a carrier would drop down to a conditional um, and we kind of know the 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 reasoning behind it so now if I'm in a pinch and 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 I really need a carrier you know there's methods to get a conditional carrier reapproved in a system here should from a standpoint of your opinion, Eric, should I ever, should I ever even try to use a conditional care in any situation, even if it's like an emergency?
1: I mean, you you can. Um, you want to. You don't want to. Right. Because of everything that we already went over, mm-hmm. like the carrier was given an adequate amount of time. He was told that he has to fix something, or he has to stop driving out of service, or whatever it is. He's obviously not adhering to the FMCSA right which means so why is he gonna, he gonna to exactly <laughs> my point you know if you say hey I need this load delivered at two can you really trust that guy mm-hmm. you know because obviously he doesn't do well with authority to begin with right you know right. and it, not saying that you know we're authority but it's like hey you know we're, we're, we're partners that we want to work with it's like you know you're telling you I'm talking to you and say hey when you get out of there take care of this. Yeah, sure and then
0: you just never do. Right, yeah. You know, yep. it, it's it, it, You're not going to ask me to do that ever again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there there, there you go, yeah. you know.
1: Yep. I so I mean y- we can use them and and you know it you just it, you just want to kind of just, you know, you're, yeah. the antenna, you
0: know, wants to so what say like you know it's a super emergency hot load like I can't give it back to the customer and I've talked with this guy and he's explained why he went conditional you know he's got a good story he's you know this this and that you know and I decide all right I, I want to give him a shot um, you know what take us through some steps and and really I guess you could just go off of like LDI's policy right because they do differ from brokers to brokerage. so, or brokerage, so but what we require take is us through that yeah. we we, we, we require
1: a safety letter and a corrective action plan yep. and three references. Um, That's important. As well, yes. Uh, so, I mean, corrective action plans, they can be, you know, seven pages long, they could be one page long, they could be whatever it is. It depends on the severe violation that they have or the violation that they have. So, basically, the corrective action plan just explains what they're doing to combat this issue and what they're doing to stop it from happening again. Uh, most of the time, <laughs> Sounds like, like detention and you're what, writing a letter to dude, the principal
0: on why you're not going to do it again. Right.
1: You know, and <laughs> there you go, that's a good example. <laughs> you're
0: Bart Simpson uh, right now on yeah. the chalkboard. <laughs> um shoot, where was I? Now
1: you got me you got, got me you got, got me on so my movie well. quotes. Um so, yeah, corrective, corrective, action corrective Action Plan. Um one, plan. one of the one of the major things that happens, um and a lot of the time is put on conditional status, and this is what used to happen a lot at my last job, um, where, you know, the driver was Um, you know, fired for having you know uh, drugs or alcohol on them, and the corrective action plan says we fired the driver. That (laughs) you know that's fine. You know, hey, you fired the driver. He was the one that caused you to get conditional. You got rid of him. That's fine. That's a corrective action plan. That's that's what they did. Um, that's like a majority. I'd say that's most of. That might be those. Conditional carriers are you know, at least a majority of them. At my last job, that's what we went through. I haven't seen that as much here. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are just you know hours of service violations, or some of them are alcohol and whatnot. But that's one of the biggest ones that you'll see. And that one might be
0: one where you would be apt to, you know, maybe give them a try if it's, hey, right. we had a driver yeah. that was a bad egg, got us caught, right, and and we fired him. Right. right? That's like, all right. You, know, you want to hear
1: the carrier out, yep. you know, and, and a lot of the times, you know, that's what happens. And like you said, it's a bad egg. You know, one, you know, one bag of egg ruins the, the whole batch or yep. whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So However
0: that, that statement goes. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ugh, gotta got to get my my monster going here, get my brain going. Shout out to monster.
0: But, yeah, I, I mean, so we got a corrective. Um,
1: corrective Safe,
0: safety letter, corrective action plan, and references. Letter, and then the references. Right? Yeah, so. that's what we require here at LDI. Now, are we calling those references?
1: Yep. yep. Yeah, yep. yep. As soon as you get them, you just want to call and say, hey, man, what's up with this carrier? I see, you
0: know, they're
1: you as a reference here. You notice they had a conditional status. Um, How did your loads go? Yeah. Yeah, you know, just, just, just. So, just a little conversation.
0: And like I said, it, it, I wanted to talk about it today because it's become, you know, it's just been more a little bit more prevalent over the last month or so um, in my everyday dealings and I know and nor with yours. So I kind of want to just go over it, kind of what the conditional carriers are, why you should maybe have a red flag in your head about them. You should be cautious, obviously. Um, and Eric kind of went through that beautifully on step for step. You know, first off, how did they get there? You know, why did they get there? you know should i ever even think about using them and then also you know what are some ways to get them reapproved them? and something
1: that i did skip over is say we do override a carrier or use a carrier that is above that is conditional above our threshold our insurance might drop us if something goes bad
0: yeah that's the biggest one that's
1: the biggest thing they say okay find a new provider yeah. these are these are the terms and this is what we said black and white you cannot do yeah. and you did it
0: well and you have a lot of customers too that in their contracts right? i can talk from the customer standpoint right. right in contracts there's a ton of contracts, so I, I'd say, I'd even venture to say probably 80% of them nowadays, and it's only growing, that have that in their contract. Don't you use cannot, You cannot use, I don't care if they're reapproved or nothing, it cannot be a conditional carrier. Yep. Absolutely not, right? So and make that's sure you're good familiar the, with that's your that's good on the customer. Contracts, that, right? is,
1: that is very good on the customer, too, because you— Because they got burned they, by it, they probably. Wanna, yeah, they, <laughs> they want to cover their stuff because, you know, if that, that carrier gets into an accident or something like that, they're out on their product, too. Yeah. And our insurance, and then it, you know, then it gets into lit- litigation and you know, lawyers and stuff like that. But you know, you want to. We don't want to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> the, the
0: biggest takeaway for me is, like, sometimes these brokers and, and just brokers in general can get caught up in the, you know, I need this truck now because I need to make this $300.
1: I need to move my freight. I need to satisfy my customer. I need to get this off the board.
0: Is that $300 worth your whole entire brokerage getting dropped from their insurance company? Now that's on you. Yep. Right? Your, care, or your customer coming back and saying, I'm never giving you freight again and we're not paying anything we owe you because you broke our contract. Right, so it's all not, this stuff it's because it's you not want worth to pay three hundred dollars. It's not worth right? the risk, you know. That's all I'm getting
1: it's at. And and you know, and brokers, you know, we're you know, we live in risk, you know. You, uh, oh, is he gonna make it by two o'clock? I don't <laughs> right, know, you right. know. Uh, that's uh, why like, we're all in this. We you know, love that's that thrill, why we right? in, and you know, and we all know, like we were talking, how <laughs> stressful that can be. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. when you're when our load isn't covered or whatnot. So I get that and I understand where you know where we're coming from, but there's just things where we don't. you you can't – it's too much risk. Yep. It is just too much because it's going to put us out of – it's not going to put us out of business, but it might. Depends on the product. Depends on what happens, you Mm -hmm. know. I imagine if that conditional carrier, you know, gets – God forbid, gets into a car accident and kills somebody. Right. LDI is shutting down. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. People are coming after – in any kind of transaction in the world, there is going yep. to be liability, and who and you're going to play hot potato with it, right? 100%. And if we broke our contract with our insurance company and hired a conditional carrier when they won't cover it, that that That's liability us. hot potato just got thrown in our lap. That right? is on us. And it's 100 on us. It's going to be on you as the broker because you you hired them, you begged and pleaded, right? Um, so it's always just when you have conditional, even if it's an emergency situation, just stop. And really think about the situation, think about the conversation, think about the reason why they're unconditional, and have that all be deciding factors into, are you going to even try and go down the road of getting them reapproved? Exactly. Right? So, um, Eric, I I thank you for joining. I think it's going to be me and you for... For the long haul now. Uh, Should I just set up shop here? Set set up shop. Get get your mic going and and set up shop. I'll be getting on producing here, and then we're just going to be... I'll talk to Mike about being a full-time podcaster instead. Right? This is is, (laughs) going to be magic here. Well... I think uh, we've covered conditional carriers. We've covered the Sabers, the Bills. We've covered it all today. You know, our first episode in a, in a couple of weeks here, so I wanted had to, really to get into you it. Gotta, you got to
1: touch, you know, a little bit of everything.
0: Yep, you know? absolutely, man. Well, uh, as we always say here, to close the the show, go Bills, go Bills.